If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, the ushers have extra Bibles. They'd be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand. They'll get one to you. And turn, please, to John, the 14th chapter, Gospel account of John, chapter 14. For some weeks now, we've been on this uh, subject we're calling Seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus. And we have gotten all the way now to chapter 14, which is our text chapter. And uh, started, you know, of course, in chapter 1. Man, we're just sailing right through, aren't we? Whew. You know of anything any more important than to camp on the words of Jesus? And, and you'll notice it's particularly in this 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, and then also the 17th chapter, which is a prayer of Jesus praying. Boy, these chapters are just about solid red, aren't they? I mean, it's just red everywhere. These are some of the richest passages. Uh, all you got to do is just uh, read that out loud, and you're hearing the Master. Aren't you? You're hearing Him. And uh, so our text has to do with us keeping His commands, keeping His words and doing them. So we're studying them, and we're feeding on them, and examining ourselves because what did he say he would do if we would do that? He would uh, reveal himself to us. He would manifest himself to us. That's talking about here and now. So we're believing for that. We're excited about it. In the first verse of chapter 14, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, let's examine again, what are we doing in this study? We know as surely as we keep his commands, he will be faithful to do what he told us he'd do. He'll reveal himself to us. What's our job? Keeping his commands. Is this one of his commands? Hmm? What did this one say? How you been doing with that one? <laughs> huh? <laughs> according to him if you love him you will do this now the reason I say it is because I mean there are a lot of churches this morning all over the country that are talking about sometimes you're troubled sometimes we all get down sometimes you know we go through stuff all of us go through stuff and sometimes you get down we all get down sometimes. That's human experience. That's human reasoning. It's not the Bible. What the Master say? What does let not mean? Don't let your heart be troubled. Is that possible? You know, some modern translations really mess up. By adding the word try. Have you seen some of these? They'll add it and put it in there. Try to do this. The Lord never said any such a thing. Try or do your best. That would imply he didn't know whether you could or not. Or that you might not be able to do what he said. He would have never told you to do it. Unless he already knew. Right? And had already given you and I everything we need. To do it. 
to make it happen. So this stuff about trying and doing your best, that's just, that's wrong. You can if you will. It's available to us. Now let's back up in the 13th chapter. This was not written in chapter and verse. Let's back up and see specifically what he's talking to them about. He had told them he's leaving. And it's troubled them. They're bothered. And in verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, 1336, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. That didn't satisfy him. Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I don't want to come later. I want to go with you. I want to stay with you. Do you understand how he feels? Certainly. I mean, do they want to go back to the way their life was before they met Jesus? Do you? (laughs) Of course, they were not going to have to. The comforter was going to come. And things could even get better. But they didn't know that. They couldn't see that. And that's why the Lord's called all of us to walk by faith. How many know the Lord loves you and you can trust Him? And if it looks like He's telling you to turn loose of something that's the best thing that you've ever had in your life, it's not because He's got something worse for you up ahead. It's not because you're going to have to do without and go down. It's because He's got something better, but you may not be able to see it. And that's where trust comes in. you got to trust Him. you got to believe Him. You may not have a clue to be able to see how you're going to do this or how in the world it could be as good. Or be better. See that was their thing. What do you mean? Eventually he tells them I'm going to send you another comforter. And even then they're thinking. He had to tell them again after this. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. He had to tell them more than once. Why? Because they were troubled. They were troubled. They were upset. Because he told them he's leaving. And they can't come. And they keep trying to say where are you going? Because even if he gets away from them. If they know where he is. They can go find him. They keep on trying to say, where are you going? Where? And that's what Peter was saying. Where are you going? He said, I'm sorry, Peter. You can't come with it right now. He said, why? Why can't I come with you now? He went on to say, he said, I will lay down my life for your sake. Do you think he meant it? I do. I believe he was sincere. And yet it's easier to say than to do. Jesus answered him. He said, will you? Lay down your life for my sake. Will you really? He said, verily, verily, I say to you, the cock shall not crow till you have denied me three times. And I know Peter, you know, you read other passages. He denied it. He argued with the Lord. He said, no, no. And the other ones piped up and said, no, we won't. We will die with you. And they meant it as far as they knew. But that's in the comfort of having the supper with him and fellowship with him and right and in a few hours here Peter is he's the only believer standing around this fire with all these people talking and Jesus is not defending himself and it looks like it's going to go exactly the way he said they thought this couldn't happen and this is not how they pictured this and so they're confused and scared somebody say scared oh friend fear Fear will open up the door to so many problems. You know, we talked during the offering just a moment ago, the man that hid his talent. You know why he said he did? He said, I was afraid. 
I was afraid. That's why he hid it. Listen to this phrase. If you're fearful, you won't be faithful. Because that's what he told him. You weren't faithful. The others were faithful. They had been faithful over a little. Now he's going to make them rule over much. But if you yield to fear, you can't be, you won't be faithful. How many want to be faithful? How many want to hear, well done, good and faithful? Is that important to you? Do you really want to hear it? Then do you know what you can't be? You cannot be fearful if you're going to be faithful. Being fearful will prevent you from being faithful. Now that was worth you coming to church this morning. Just getting that. How many understand fear is something we cannot afford? We cannot yield to any of it. And that's why he's telling them, don't let your heart be troubled. This is not just a kind, bless your heart, oh, it'll be okay. It is a charge. It is an order. That's what commandment means. Order. He ordered them to stop it. Didn't he? And you and I need to get a revelation of this. Read verse 1 again. Chapter 14. Verse 1. What's the order? Let not your heart be troubled. Later on he repeated it and he said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Didn't he? He repeated it. Is it a suggestion? Did he say try? Did he say do your best? Hmm? Everybody's troubled sometime. It's just part of life. No, that's human reasoning. That's men's religion and philosophy. The master expects you and I to have faith. Doesn't he? Oh, temptation's going to come. Feelings are going to come. Tears may well up in your eyes. Thoughts may flood your mind. But he expects you to stand up and be a man of God and be a woman of God and say, no, I resist this fear. I refuse to get down. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to let myself be troubled. God's done too much for me. And He loves me. And He will never leave me. And He will never forsake me. So I am not going to come apart. I am not. I am not. I'm going to trust God. And no matter what it looks like, it's going to turn out all right. Maybe I can't see. And I don't understand how, but I know this, he will be there, he loves me, and whatever he's got planned for me is better than where I am right now. So I will not let my heart be troubled. Now we've been on this for weeks now. He said, if you love me, you will do what I say. You will keep my command. Here's one of his commands. Do you love him? Do you love him? Then don't let your heart be troubled. That means, that means you are up every day. We can't catch you when you're troubled. Oh, I got a few people with me. I said that means you don't have down days. No matter what is going on. How many understand? He's telling. He's the best thing that's ever come into their life. Their life is so amazing since he came in. And now he says he's going. And they think their whole life is going away. And they're thinking, no, 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 no. He looks at them and he says, stop it. Don't be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. What does he expect them to do? Straighten up. Straighten up. Wipe the tears. If you have to get some toothpicks and prop up the corners of your mouth. 
and go, okay, all right. I'm not going to let And then he begins to comfort them and tell them some reasons why they ought not be troubled. Keep reading. He said, you believe in God? Believe also in me. And part of that is right here and now. He said, I'm telling you, don't be upset. Believe what I'm telling you. It's going to be fine. It's going to be better than it's ever been. Believe me. Believe in me. You believe in God? Believe in me. I'm telling you the truth. He said, in my father's house where I'm going. (laughs) That's what they're upset about. He's leaving. He's going. Later on, he tells them. He said, I told you I'm going to my father. He said, my father is greater than me. And if you love me, you'd be glad for me. You know, when we have loved ones that know the Lord and they go home to be with the Lord and we mourn for month after month like those that have no hope, that's just being selfish. You can't be mourning for them. And I've had people that have, you know, talked to me about uh, different individuals. Well, how could they go and, and how could they leave us? And some of these people serve the Lord faithfully for decades and decades and decades. Well, at some point, you get through. <laughs> at some point, you've done your tour of duty. And you should get to go and get out of this weary, curse-filled place and get into glory Hallelujah. And your reward. And if one of your brothers and sisters or or your family has done that, you ought to shout for them. You ought to shout. Sure, sure you miss them. And there will be times you'd want to go see them. But you know, soon and very soon we'll all be together and we'll never be separated again. So you can't mourn like those who have no hope. And a lot of this is just selfish. It's just a selfish yielding to self-pity. And what the Lord say? Do not let your heart be troubled. It's a command from the Master. Isn't it? And it's not an isolated verse. How many other places did He say, Cast all your care over on the Lord. Be careful for nothing. I mean, this kind of thing is throughout the New Testament. And we need to not just ignore it and act like, Well, it's just a suggestion we ought to all shoot for. Uh, most of us not going to make it. But, you know, no, no, no. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God. Don't be a little weakling, whiny baby. <laughs> be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Huh? Don't be a little whimpering, whining, crying, feeling sorry for yourself, always troubled and depressed half your life. It's pitiful. It's a bad witness. I said it's a bad witness. Sinners looking at you will not be inspired. But when they see you every day, every day, every day, when you come to work, you're up. You're up. You got the victory. And they can see stuff. You get slapped with stuff. You get attacked with stuff. And you don't start cussing. And you don't go into a fit of depression. You stand up. And you believe God. And you say, well, just watch out now. Just watch out. You know, God's moved again and again. He'll do it again. Something good will happen. Something will come out of this. And I'm just going to start thanking God right now. That is an example to follow. That will encourage people. That will inspire people. And they'll know. I had somebody call me just yesterday. And they said, I I knew 
If I call, because time we got through, I prayed with them. They were going through some things, and they're a good, strong person themselves. They're not a whiny baby, but they said, you know, everybody can use some support sometime. But that doesn't mean you yield to the weakness, and you yield to the depression. And they said, I, I knew you'd be positive. And boy, before it was through, we're shouting. They said, we're going to believe God. God's going to get glory out of this thing. They said, I knew, I knew you would say the right thing. <laughs> Thank God. How many understand it's not just a preacher here or there that ought to do that? Everybody, you, everybody in this church ought to be an encourager of the brethren. But you can't give what you don't have. Such as you have, that's what, if you're full of depression, ain't no way you can encourage somebody else. You gotta have it together in your own life. You gotta have the victory. And you just make up your mind, I am not yielding to this. I'm not gonna let myself be troubled. I'm not gonna let my heart be afraid. Good things are in the works, and good things are in the future. The best is yet to come. So why should I be a crying and acting so sad if that is true? And that's what he's telling them. He said, listen, listen, listen. Don't let yourself be troubled. Listen to me. I'm going to my father. And in my father's house are many, huh? Mansions. Many. Amazing places. He said, if it wasn't so, I would have told you it wasn't so. So how many know? It's so. (laughs) It is just this way. There is a place. Oh, somebody get excited with me. There is a place beyond this world. Somebody said, is there life out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There is a place beyond this planet, beyond this world. Father's house. Hallelujah. There is coming in the future a new heaven and a new earth. And in Father's house, there are many, not efficiencies, not apartments, not condos, many mansions, mansions. I reckon God likes mansions fine. And didn't he tell us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if it's God's will, nobody disputes that it's God's will for the faithful to have mansions in heaven. What'd be wrong with having one down here? Oh, people get mad. They don't like that. They don't like. Listen, I'm quoting scripture. God doesn't have two separate wills. One will for heaven and a different will for the earth. Listen, the finest, most amazing mansion you could ever down here is going to pale in comparison to that one. But we ought to do what we can so that we're not in such shock. We're to try to get acclimated a little bit to what's coming up. Do the best we can. Believe the best we can. (laughs) He's a good God. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Pray thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Well, in the Father's house, there are many mansions. He said, now get this, get this. I am going to prepare a place for you. For who? Do you believe that they are working right now on a place for you? This should be real to us. Do you believe that? 
I read a report of an individual some years ago that he had died and and uh, the doctors pronounced him dead and then eventually they got him back. He said while he was dead, he went to glory. He said he saw the Lord. said he saw his place. And in his place, he said, man, it wasn't just a little house on a street with a row of houses. He said, man, he had a place. He had real estate. And he said he looked at this and he thought, man, that's what I always wanted. And he looked at this and he thought, oh, wow, I didn't know I wanted that. But yeah, that's better than anything I knew that I wanted. And as he was thinking, that's what I always wanted. That's what I always liked. That's what, I, and oh, that's better than I ever thought. But that's it. That's what I, he didn't know that he wanted that. He said, the Lord smiled and said, I know what each of my children like. <laughs> and I custom build their places for them. Do you believe this? Does he know what you like? What's going on right now at Father's house? What's going on right now? There's a place there called Keith's Place. That's my place. And I'm convinced that for year after year and millennia after millennia, I'll find out different things about it and I'll go, oh, cool. Thank you, Jesus, you're so good. Oh, I'd have never thought about that. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, wow. Glory to God. Glory. I'll just break out in song at different times and go, oh, oh, glory to God. Glory to God. This is amazing. This is wonderful. You know what you're going to be doing? What are you going to be doing? And then you'll see me. You'll say, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, you got to come see my place. You got to come. And I say, yeah, and we'll see it and we'll shout for maybe a year or two. And then, and then I'll say, you got to come see my place too. Oh, I mean, you got to see my place. And this is a place we will have for eternity. Our own place, custom designed, custom built by none other than the head of the church, the master, Jesus. How many know if you believed that, it would take the trouble right out of you? I mean, (laughs) the trouble would leave you. (laughs) Did you know for us, for believers, this, what's happening right now, this is as rough as it gets for us. (laughs) And by faith, we're making it pretty good. I mean, we're overcoming, we're having victory. This is as rough as it'll ever be. Now, for sinners, for unbelievers, this world is as good as it'll ever get. That's sad. Oh, but look at this. Look at this. He said, I am going and preparing a place for you. Verse 3. I will come again. How many know this has got to happen then? Surely, as he said it. And I will what? I will receive you to myself That where I am, he's there right now. You may be also. Oh, glory to God. I believe it just this way, don't you? Did he do it? Did he overcome? Did he pay the price? Did he raise from the dead? Did he leave? Did he go? Yeah, he did. And he's there right now. Seated at the right hand of majesty on high. Father's house. And they are working on our places. I think I'll be excited all day about that. How about you? They are working on our places. What are they doing on your place? What are they working on right now? 
What are they doing? I assure you, it'll be something that will excite you forever. Your place. Your place. And the master will come soon and very soon. He's coming. And he's going to receive us. And where he is, we will always be with him. And how many know that's what makes heaven heaven? Is being with him. Being with him. And we will never be separated from each other. And we will never be separated from him throughout eternity. How many believe you can make it the next few years? <laughs> Can't you? With, with this in front of you, with this, can we do His will? Can we accomplish His purpose? Do the work that we're sitting here to do? Can we do it? We'll be out of here in a flash, in a few more breaths. Let's do it. Let's be faithful. Let's get her done. And then go on to glory. Somebody say hallelujah. Verse 4. Jesus said to them, where I'm going, you know. Or we could say like, you know where I'm going. And you know how to get there. You know the way to get there. Then when he said that, Thomas couldn't be quiet. He said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. That's been the whole deal. And if we don't know where you're going, how can we know how to get there? That'd been the whole deal. They'd been asking him ever, ever since he's been saying, I'm leaving. And where I'm going, you can't come right now. You'll come later. But you can't come. And that's why they all got upset. That's why he's having to tell them, don't let your heart be troubled now. Quit that. Don't be afraid. (laughs) They keep trying to find out, where's he going? Where you're going? Because they're figuring, even if he slips off from us, if we know where he went, we can find him later. We can get there some way, somehow, even if it's on the other side of the world. But, you know, natural minds think natural. And so... He said, you know where I'm going? And you know how to get there. And Thomas said, uh-uh, Lord. We don't know where you're going. That's what we want to know. And we don't know how to get there. Oh, get this. Get this verse 6. This is one of the greatest statements in the whole Bible. This is one of the most powerful statements that you could ever utter or ever say. What did Jesus say to them? I am the way, I am the way to get there. To get where? To get to Father's house where He is. Who's in Father's house? The Father. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. Now, I think a lot of people have backed off of this. Worldwide. I think a lot of people have watered this down. I think they've altered this. And you even say, Jesus is the only way to be saved. He's the only way to the Father. And people will look at you, it makes folk mad. And they think, are you telling, you trying to say, all these millions of people that believe in this religion or that religion or pray to this other God, you know, they're all just different ways to the same God. They call Him by different names, but they're, it's just one. And, and there are many ways to the same end. And we'll all wind up there. Well, you can't be a Christian and believe that. I said, you can't be a Christian and believe that. Because a Christian is one who follows the Christ. And the Christ said, He is not a way, not one of many ways. He is the way. The way. And how many can get to the Father, can get to the Father except through Him? How many can get there? He said, no man. How many does that mean? Is there a group? Is there a tribe? Is there a people? Is there another way? 
that somebody can get to the Father except by believing and receiving Jesus. According to him, no man, not a single one, nobody can get to the Father except by him. How many believe Jesus is everything? He is, just what he said, he is the way. There is no other way. He is the truth. He is the life. Somebody say, he's everything. He's everything. Do you believe he's the alpha? He's the omega? He's the beginning? He's the end? He's the author? He's the finisher? He's the spotless lamb of God? The lion of the tribe of Judah? Do you believe he's everything? And there is no salvation outside of him. I don't care what anybody says. There is none. I have to stay with what he said. If he said no man, no man comes to the Father except my be, then that's how many. Somebody said, well, if what you're saying is true. No, not what I'm saying, what he said. Well, if what he said is true, then millions will be lost. Apparently so. It's sad. I don't want to see anybody lost. Do you? Certainly not. But Jesus said it'd be that way. He said straight is the way and narrow. So y'all are just narrow-minded. Jesus said the way is straight and narrow. But he said broad is the way that goes to destruction. And many go that way. It's sad. It's terrible. But we're not going to help anybody by consoling them that they may be okay without Jesus. Did you hear me? When it's not true. Let's hold up the truth. Let's preach the gospel. What is the gospel? You know, people have relegated Christianity to an assortment of humanitarian outreaches. It's good to feed people. It's good to clothe people. It's good to house people. But that is not the Great Commission. There are greater needs than food in your mouth. Let's do what we can, but there are are greater needs than clothes. I know people don't like this, but the Great Commission is not go into all the world and feed and clothe. The Great Commission is go into all the world and preach, proclaim, tell the good news. Somebody says, well, a man needs food. He needs food. Listen, when you get the Savior, you got the provider. You got the healer. You got the deliverer. You got everything. You don't have to depend on a man. To feed you and heal you anymore. Oh, come on. Doesn't mean we can't do things for each other. But the Lord never intended that you'd be dependent on me. Or I'd be dependent on you. When both of us got the same healer. Got the same provider. That's why the most important thing is to tell everybody about him. Because if they'll believe on Him, I don't care how sick they are, how ignorant they are, how lost they are, how broke they are, how dark the place is. How many know a man can call on God out of the midst of the deepest ghetto and the deepest ditch in the worst part of the world? And He will reach down and save them and raise them up and do what you can't do, what I could never do for them. The Bible said He raises up. Those from the dunghill and sets them with princes. Oh, hallelujah. There is no other name. No other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. None. None. Jesus said what? I am. One of these great I am statements. Reminiscent of all the way back to the burning bush. Isn't it? 
I am. This is God manifested in the flesh. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Then how many need to know about Jesus? Everybody. How many men and women need to know, need to believe on Him and receive Him and accept Him as Lord? Everybody. There's nobody on the planet going to be alright without Him. People are saying it differently, but I'm going to stay with what Jesus said. He said, no man can come to the Father except by me. He went on to say, verse 7, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know Him. And you have seen him. Philip says something similar to what Thomas said. He said, Lord, show us the Father. The Lord didn't just say, one of these days I'm going to show you the Father. What did he just say? You know him and you've seen him. So what does Philip say? Well, then show him to us. (laughs) He didn't say, beg me and I'll show him to you. What did he say? You already know him. You've already seen him. And so what did Philip say? Well, show him to us. Does it sound familiar? Sounds like us, doesn't it? I think this is the greatest revelation I've received thus far in this series, in preparing for it and in ministering it, and it's something that's changing my life. And it's this. You see what Thomas was saying? He was saying, Lord, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going, and we don't know how to get there. And the Lord said, yes, you do. You're looking at him. You've seen me. You've known me. And the same thing here when he's saying, you have known the Father. You have seen the Father. And then uh, Philip says, well, Lord, show us. Verse 9. Verse 9. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, and yet have you not known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And so why are you saying, show us the Father? Were they seeing so much more than they were perceiving? Were they already seeing what they're hollering to see? Were they already hearing more than they were understanding? More than they were grasping? Isn't he having to tell them, what do you mean? Show you the Father. You have been seeing the Father. Every morning, every afternoon, every night. You've been hearing him and they're going, huh? What? No, we want to see. Show us. He said, you've been seeing. You've been seeing. But they haven't been perceiving. Now keep reading and you'll see exactly how they had been seeing and hearing. And it's the same way that we've been seeing and hearing. He said, verse 10, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? He said, don't you believe that? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwells in me, he doeth, he does, the works Are the words and the works connected? Oh, yes, they are. Because the powers in the words. He created this whole thing with his words. And then the words produce faith. And then when there's faith, here comes the works. Keep reading. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. Or else believe me for the very works sake. He told his enemies the same thing, didn't he? He told the Pharisees. He told the leaders of the Jews. He told the Sadducees. He told them the same thing. He said, well, 
Because, you know, that's one thing Nicodemus had enough sense and understanding. He came to him. He said, nobody can do what you're doing unless God's with him. How many of that's absolutely the truth? And what did Jesus say? He said, that's right. I can do nothing of myself. He's operating as a man. And what they should have seen is, this is God. When were his disciples and also other people, when were they hearing God? When were they seeing God? When he was speaking, they were hearing God. Why? Because he said, these words, I'm not speaking of myself. Uh, He gave them to me. I'm just saying what he's spoken to me, what I've heard him say. And when they were seeing these works, they saw the water turn into wine. Were they seeing God? When they saw the man healed at the pool of Bethesda, were they seeing God? When they saw the blind man healed, that he put mud in his eyes and he washed it and came seeing, were they seeing God? When he was preaching, were they hearing God? So we say, yep, but Brother Keith, that's because that was Jesus. No, Jesus said he's doing it as a man. Didn't he? Is the same thing happening today? Are we seeing more than we have realized we're seeing? Have we been hearing more than we realized we're hearing? When they were standing out there and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus come a-hopping out of there. Were they seeing God? Were they hearing God? Yes. Do you think they felt something when that happened? Huh. When he comes hopping out of the grave after being cold, dead, and stiff for four days, they were experiencing, do you believe God's presence was in that place? They were experiencing God. They were seeing God. They were hearing God. They were feeling God. And yet his own close people are still saying after all that, show us God. And that's when he says, what? Have you been with me all this time? And you hadn't seen and you haven't heard. There were a lot of people that stood out there. They heard that. They saw that. They felt what happened when Lazarus was raised from the dead. And they turned around and went and tattled on Jesus to the rulers. And they tried to make plans to kill him. That's why Jesus said they have hated both me and my father. Because when they heard Jesus and despised what he was saying, they were despising the Father God. And when they saw the works that were happening through Jesus, and they despised them, and they decided they didn't believe it, and they were against him, they were turning against God, the creator of the universe himself, because he was doing the works through Jesus. He was saying the words through the Master. Let us not be that way. This is the revelation I'm talking about. Instead of pleading and begging like I have in times past, Oh God, I want to see you. Oh God, I want to experience you. I want to hear you. I've stopped that. Because he didn't say he's going to reveal himself to the one that begs the most. Or prays the hardest and loudest or fast the most. Who's he going to reveal himself to? The one that loves him and does what he says. Keeps his commandments. What I begin praying and believing for is, Lord, give me discernment. Help me to discern what I'm already seeing. Help me to perceive and understand what I've been hearing. You're in front of me. You're around me. You're talking to me. You're manifesting yourself to me already. Help me to not be a fool and holler after all this. Show me something. Help me to realize what I'm looking at right now. Help me to discern what I'm already hearing. How many know God has already been good to Faith Life Church? Huh? 
We are seeing God right now. We're seeing him. We are seeing him. He has spoken to us. I mean, all the revelation that's come out in this church. You understand. I can't think that up. I ain't smart enough to come up with these things. And anybody else that preached in here and something good came out and it touched your soul and it gave you an answer and it set you free and it helped you, you were experiencing, not Keith, you were experiencing the Holy Ghost. You're experiencing God. You're hearing Him. He's talking to you. He's manifesting Himself in our midst. Oh, hallelujah. He's here. We're seeing Him. We're hearing Him. We're experiencing Him already. Already. And it's now it's coming up to a higher level. How many believe it's coming up to a higher level? It's coming up to a higher level. Stronger. His will is that it be stronger and stronger and stronger. That even unbelievers off the street get caught taken aback. And go, wow, what's that? What's that? I feel that. Do you feel that? What's that? And we are, what do we say? It's God. It's God. He's been here. He's just turning up the power. He's just getting stronger. And we have enough sense to close our eyes and not look at the human vessels and go, that's God talking to me. That's God talking to me. He's here right now. And we respond correctly and we believe Him and we reverence Him and we submit and we obey. We obey. Why? Because we love Him. And we obey. We do what he says. And of course when we do that. Tell me what happens next. Then he reveals himself. All the more. Where does this end? In glory. In father's house. Where that we're no longer walking by faith. We're looking at him sitting on the throne. Oh glory to God. Stand on your feet everybody. Stand on your feet. Oh say it out loud. I'm seeing him. Close your eyes and say, I'm seeing him. I'm hearing him. I'm experiencing him. He is here. Tell him, say, Lord, you're here. You're here. Forgive me for being dull, for being carnal. Like Thomas and like Philip of old, asking you to tell me when I've already been hearing it. Asking you to show me. When I've been looking right at it. All the time. Thank you. For giving me discernment. To discern. What I've been seeing. To perceive. And discern. What I've been already hearing. To understand. What I've already known. Thank you for helping me to put it together. Seeing what I'm looking at. Giving you the glory. You are the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands and and praise Him and give Him thanks. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.